of a sudden, they just wilted, turned brown, fell off the plant. And she was sharing this with her auntie and saying, Auntie, I don't know what I did wrong. And the phone went silent for a moment. And auntie said, well, sweetheart, how deep did you plant the eggs? <laughs> and so now you can see why I preference that Kim from California. <clears throat> so you got to make sure you get your eggplants, you get your eggplants deep enough so your eggplants go really well. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 5. Are we going live yet? Okay, we are. Welcome for all you that are home today. Pray blessings upon you, and uh, thank you for your giving. Thank you for praying. We're grateful for those who've been praying and uh, continue to pray. I'm excited about what God's going to do. There's going to be need for people to pray the sinner's prayer, and God's going to use you to do that. COVID has caused you to stay at home and, and talk to your neighbor. COVID has caused you to... Uh, Live for Jesus in a different way. And I have proposed that we're going to see a massive amount of souls being saved, not from big preachers, not from church services, but from the backyard, from the eggplant being planted in the garden, where you interact with your neighbor. God's going to start putting people on your heart. You're going to start praying for them. And God's going to open up a door, and they're going to say, What's it mean to be a Christian? You're going to say, well, the Bible says. You're not going to say the church says. You're going to say the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And you're going to read through the chapters in Romans that share just those few verses. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And God's going to use you to lead them to Christ. And you'll say, well, we'll, we'll, get, we'll bring them to church and pastor you lead them. Well, that's what's been going on for 100 years, and to be honest with you, we've not done a very good job of it. And so we need to recognize that God has called all of us to be disciples. All of us are soul winners. And you say, well, you mean you're going to make us walk up and down the street and knock on doors? That's not a bad idea. But no, God's going to use you right where you're at, your personality, your abilities, your inabilities. God's going to use you. And so just get prepared and start asking God to open doors for you to share what Jesus has done in your heart. Because people can't, can't argue what, what Jesus has done in your heart. They can argue the scripture verse, but they can't argue what Jesus has done in your heart. And so I want to encourage you as we see the day approaching, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you know it's going to happen? Because in days will become evil. The evil in our world is running rampant. And it is being, the winds is blowing on the fire of evil. And we as the body of Christ must recognize that the Spirit of God is going to raise up a standard. And he's going to use you to be a vessel that will touch other people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 5, we pick it up in verse 12. While Jesus was in one of those towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. Leprosy is an evil, awful disease. 
It eats the skin off of your face to where you only have bone structure. It'll eat the skin off your fingers. You'll say, well, is there a treatment for it? Yes, it's called a cocktail drug, meaning three or four different drugs put together into one that can stop the spread of leprosy in your body. And it's a very difficult thing to control. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground. Because you see, when they walked down the street, they had to say, unclean, unclean. In other words, stay back. I have leprosy. I'm unclean. Don't get near me. You don't want this. And so he fell at his feet. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, that's one of the things we have to ask ourselves. God, God if you're willing, you can make me clean. That is an element of faith. If, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand. When did this man get healed? Did he get healed in the presence of Jesus? Or did Jesus have to touch him? And that's a loaded question, and don't answer it, because you'll probably be wrong in your answer. If you'll go back to, I think it's Leviticus chapter 14, a whole chapter, a whole chapter is written about, if you have leprosy, what you have to do, and what you cannot do, and what's forbidden of you. And one of the things that's forbidden in the law about leprosy was touching them. So I project, I, I project this thought to you. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I believe the man was healed in Jesus' presence before he touched him. I am willing, Jesus said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. You say, well, pastor, that doesn't follow that in that wording, just how that says it in that wording, that he wasn't healed until Jesus touched him. Jesus fulfilled the law. He said, don't do away with the law. So for Jesus just to go around laying hands on lepers without any discretion would have been against the law. And he came to fulfill the law. And, and I know we're nitpicking, but at the same time, I think it's important we realize all we really need is the presence of Jesus. Amen. The presence of Jesus is all we really need in life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added. All of these other things, all, all, all. What part of all don't we understand? There must be a lot of people that don't understand all because they're not seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. If we'll do that, he said all. The clothes, the food, the house, the car. I will provide for you. I will provide for you. I will be there for you. So, so if you're willing, if you're willing, if you're willing, Jesus said, Fix the equipment. <laughs> okay. We've, we've been uh, 
having progression here every week, having something going quite not right here. <laughs> okay. I'll let it go. The frame says, I'm willing. I want to, I want to propose to you that as this person with leprosy came, you can do it if you're willing. And Jesus said, I'm willing. We need to come to the point where we can say, God, I know you can. I'm willing to let you work in my life. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go. Show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. That was part of the law. You see, that's why I'm saying Jesus was a lawgiver. On the left-hand side, click on the one frame. One, on the left-hand side, click on the second one. So it's a lawgiver. Jesus always fulfills the law. And part of the law was is that you had to go to the priest in order to verify that leprosy had stopped growing. And there were, I think it was a 10-day delay after the priest said it. You had to go back 10 days later to make sure that it was not progressing, that you were being healed. And so for him to give him the instruction to go, Jesus is fulfilling the law of the time. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of the sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. The power of God, the presence of God was with Jesus. I'm willing to heal you. Jesus is willing to show up and manifest his presence in your life. He's willing. The leper was there, but he didn't get healed until he got in the presence of Jesus. So that tells me that we have a responsibility, and that is to get into the presence of Jesus so Jesus is willing to minister to our need. We have a lot of need. And so getting in his presence makes a world of difference. Just getting in his presence. You that are home, it's very difficult for you to experience the presence we have here today because our worship service was just fantastic. And the presence of God was here to where you could cut it. It was very similar to our Thursday nights when we have come in here and we pray for an hour. And at the end of that hour, People just linger because the peace and the presence of God is multiplied in this place. And, and there's a great joy and a great presence of being in his presence. And Jesus said, I am willing. I am willing. And so it's important that we recognize the fact that he's willing, but he can also deal with our sins. This next portion of scripture talks about the paralytic. 
One day as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judah and Jerusalem were sitting there and the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. The power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. God's power was present. I think it's important that we see that word present once again. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof, lowered him on his mat, threw the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Jesus had never met him before. You say, that's, that's really crazy. They actually cut a hole in the roof? No, they didn't cut a hole in the roof. You see, it was clay tile roof. And so it's a matter of knowing how to replace them and set them off to the side, set them off to the side, lower them down through the roof rafters right into the presence of Jesus. Where? In the presence of Jesus. Say it with me. In the presence of Jesus. In the presence of Jesus. Not on the outside of the crowd. They could have hollered above the crowd and said, Hey, Jesus, come outside here. No, they went to him, and that's what we need to do. We don't need to call Jesus to our place. We need to go to his place. Because you see, it's his place we need to be. You take him to your place, but you've got to come to his place to receive it. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. There's no better place and no better person to be called friend than Jesus calling you friend. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law, here we go. Are you ready for this? began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? I mean, come on. Who can forgive sin but God alone? This is important, this next verse. Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked. Jesus knows our thoughts. He knows what we're thinking. You don't have to say it. He's reading your mind. Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. This is very important. We put a high priority on healing the physical body. Our greatest priority should be spiritual healing. Because you can make heaven with your spirit right and your body not quite right, but you can't make heaven with your spirit bent the wrong direction. And what is he saying here? Jesus is saying, when you get in my presence, it's either getting saved or getting healed. There's no difference. It takes no extra effort of my part to perform either one of these tasks. 
and the greatest, you know, people say, well, why did Jesus come to earth? Perform miracles. No, he came to earth to preach the gospel, and that is the number one thing. Healing is the dessert. Healing is the power of God being manifested, reinforcing what has been preached. Why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sin. Now the Pharisees, they were very upset because Jesus was changing the culture. He was bringing new ideas and and miraculous miracles were taking place, and they couldn't seem to produce those miracles, but Jesus could. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up and take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Now, now how did he go home praising God? It's praise is such an important task here. We Sometimes we come with our list every morning. Dear God, thank you for saving my soul. God, help me today. Move this person in. Move that person out. Move this for me. Do this, God. Do this. And we give him this litany of lists of things we want him to do. And we shut our prayer. Amen. God bless you. God, I thank you for your help. Bye. And we run. And God wants to be praised. He wants to be adored. He wants us to spend time in his presence. And when this man got healed, he went home praising God. It's important that we share with others what God has done. It's important that we give God praise. And it's giving God praise in front of others. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed. And gave praise to God. It's important. Praise is so vitally important. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. It's more than remarkable. It is awesome. The power and the presence of Almighty God. When he sets someone free from sin but also when he sets someone free from physical ailment, when healing flows in their body, and there's only one way to explain it, and that is Jesus has done the healing process. I am willing. I am willing. And I will forgive sins. Your sins are forgiven. Now, what's that mean? That means the, the wrong things we've done that the Bible calls sin has been forgiven by God through the blood of Jesus Christ, and they are forgotten by God. He says he throws them in the lake of forgetfulness, never to be remembered to us again. You say, but yeah, I remember. Yeah, that's your problem. <laughs> your carnal flesh brings up the old sin. We all struggle with that, and we got to remind ourselves, Satan, carnal flesh, get under control. God has forgiven me and, 
And he puts it in the lake of forgetfulness. It's forgiven and forgotten. And so we must recognize that sin is part of the struggle with us. But God has the antidote for sin. It's forgiveness. God has the antidote for healing. It's his presence. To get into his presence. God calls us to follow him. And he called his disciples. He said, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector. A tax collector. April 15th coming. Are you ready? Don't gripe about taxes. Thank God for the straight, smooth highway that you get to drive on. That you paid four times as much money for as you needed. Oh, I didn't say it. Taxes help build infrastructure. And we love driving on our roads. We love flushing our commodes and turning on our water spigots. And all those are about taxes. You'll say, but yeah, Pastor, we, we, we're tired of paying taxes. Everybody's tired of paying taxes. But complain about it don't help any. Thank God for what, it, what we get. And the next time you decide that you're going to stay home and not vote for, your, for a politician that will, might give us a fair break on taxes, shame on you. Good place to say amen. amen. We, need to be, we need to be saved people. Vote for saved people in office. People have a godly output, a godly viewpoint at least. They might not be saved, but if, if they at least leave us alone, let's have church. Praise God. Mrs. Glover, Facebook, we might get censored and get kicked off. I don't think so. I don't, haven't gone that far yet, but maybe that's next week. After Jesus, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Now, you don't understand. The tax collectors didn't just collect tax. They had a surcharge. You ever get your car serviced? And there's just this shop fees. I got my car serviced one day. Shop fees were $30. I've never went back to that garage. <laughs> it's a surcharge. He asked, well, what's it for? Well, that's to buy rides. I said, okay. $30? Use 10 rides in my car? Give me 30 rides. <laughs> I didn't do that. But that's what I wanted to say. But the tax collectors would, would collect the tax, and they would do a surcharge, meaning... That's not enough. You need to give more. And they'd give a percentage of whatever they wanted to charge that person. And the poorer the person, the less they knew about how it worked, and so they would collect more tax, and then they'd put that money in their pockets. So they were hated by everyone, not just because they had to pay tax, but because they was going to take money that didn't belong to them and put it in their pocket. And so tax collectors on, on the general were people of good wealth because they stole from everybody. But get this, Levi is sitting at his tax booth. Jesus says to him, this, this, this Jesus, man, he, when he spoke, people listened. He had an authority in his voice. And time and time again, you'll hear what authority he was that preached. That was the power of God, the Holy Spirit working through him. And, and he speaks to, to this tax collector and he says, follow me. 
Jesus said, follow me. Jesus said that to him, and Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. He just lost his job. He no longer has the whole population to collect money from. He has turned his heart away from the evils that he's been involved in. Then Levi held a great banquet. Listen to what he did. He, he held a great banquet. How could he do a great banquet? Well, he, he had a lot of money. He collected from a lot of people. Now, if somebody owes you money and they're going to buy you dinner, are you going to show up and get dinner? Well, yeah, you are because at least you're going to get five bucks back or ten bucks back or twenty bucks back of what they owe you. And so he, he says, I'm, I'm going to great banquet for, for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors, friends of Levi, and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees, here we go again, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to their disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Follow me. Levi throws a party. Hey guys, you got to come see this Jesus. He's got something to tell you. He's got something special. And the Pharisees are beside themselves. And because Jesus is eating with sinners. God has called us not to be bosom buddies with the world. There's a place of association and then there's a place of being too close. Jesus was associating with the sinners and the tax collectors. We must associate with sinners and politicians because they are the tax collectors of the day. But it doesn't mean that we're to make them our very best friend. Because your very best friend you spend a lot of time with. And if you're spending a lot of time with sinners and very little time with saints, guess what's going to happen? The devil's going to take you down a road you don't want to go down. Because the consequences of being in sin are horrible. And so Jesus is here spending time with these tax collectors building a relationship to lead them to Christ. And I want you to understand, Levi was a sinner. Levi was a tax collector. He was despised by others because of his illegal activities. But Jesus saw the leadership ability in him, said, follow me. Levi dropped it off. And follow Jesus. You see, Jesus came to call sinners to 
repentance. And the greatest thing that we can do is repent. You'll say, well, pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm saved. I don't need to repent. I think until we're laying in the casket, we need to repent. Because evil thoughts go through our mind, which sometimes cause us to do evil acts. Getting angry and throwing fits. Uh, that's part of the carnal flesh that we need to bring under control by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, we're so willing to point in the gutter and look at the alcoholic, look at the prostitute, call that sin. But when we say malicious things about other people, it's sin. When we have a hatred toward other people, it's sin. The only thing that we as a Christian body of Christ, the people of the body of Christ, should hate is sin. Because our battle is not against flesh and blood, you people. It's against principalities and powers of the world. It's Satan, the prince of this world. He is the one who wants to get you angry. He is the one who wants to destroy the peace that God wants to bring to you. And we have to constantly recognize the fact that we're in a battle for our very soul to make heaven. We don't have time to be angry about someone else. We don't have the opportunity, the privilege to hold a grudge because it'll eat your lunch and you'll miss heaven because of it. Forgive people, forgive people, forgive people, forgive But I've been hurt. I don't, I didn't say you had to trust them. I said you had to forgive them. But if we'll walk in the spirit of repentance, God will always be there to hear our prayer. And we'll be prepared to receive the seed that God wants to plant into our spirit. And we can grow a great harvest for the kingdom of God. We can see other people come to know Christ. There will be fruit in our life. There will be love. There will be joy. There will be peace. There will be faith. Grow out of our love and out of our life because we've repented. And God will fill us with a spirit of love and compassion for the lost. And others will be saved because of what Jesus has done in our life. Because we have come into his presence. And he's more than willing to touch us. He's more than willing to touch us. Follow me. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for the gospel that we've heard today. The word is very clear that we must have a spirit of repentance in our hearts. And God, forgive us where we've sinned. Purify us from all unrighteousness. May you be glorified in our lives. And Holy Spirit, touch people in their own home as they're driving down the road. Listen to this later this week. Holy Spirit, touch them right now. To the quick of their soul, may they sense the presence of God. Because we know if we can get into the presence of God, everything else, will work together for God's glory and for our benefit. For God, you love us with a compassionate love. You have put our names in the palms of your hands, God, that we're never, never out of your care. We're always on your mind. And Lord Jesus, forgive us for the evil thoughts we've had. And help us, oh God, to have pure thoughts. Help us to think on the word of God. To know that love and joy and peace patience and gentleness and kindness, self-control are all fruits of the Spirit. And God, you want those to grow in our lives. So Lord, we want to hunger 
and we want to thirst after righteousness that you will be glorified, that others will come to know Jesus through our life and through our testimony. May we always give you the praise. May we always give you the glory. As the leopard left praising God, and others were amazed at what had happened, and they praised God. Lord, may we constantly strive, work diligently at having a praise upon our lips on a daily basis. Any hour of the day, we can say praise the Lord with an open heart, because truly, God, you are worthy of all praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Friend, it's been good having you with us today. And uh, you that are home and you that may be traveling this week, replaying this service, I pray that God would just meet you in a very special way. We're going to go ahead and have an altar service here and pray for people, anoint them with oil. God bless you. Have a great day. And know that God is always there for your help and your strength. Amen. God bless you.